Hi, and welcome to another episode of Rule of Carnage, uh, where myself, Glenn Ford, a games designer, and Mike Hutchinson, another games designer, have chats about designing miniatures games, ideally designing better miniatures games. Um, so today we're going to have a quick chat about something relatively specific, um, and it's uh, activation advantage in games. Um, so we've had a conversation previously about activation systems and initiative systems and how they work and what they are. Um, it has popped up in the comments section and it is obviously a quite major um, part about in relation to activation systems is activation advantage. So what we mean by activation advantage and why it is a problem for games is that there are, let's say, tactical choices and maybe strategic choices in relation to games, and there are tactically interesting choices and tactically uninteresting choices. One thing that is a tactically uninteresting choice or loop within a game is what is the biggest threat to me? What is the best thing with dealing with that threat? Apply A to B and just doing that um, because that can reduce the whole game into just a set of two priority lists that you mangle into each other and, and just go down one step at a time. I use my biggest hammer on the most threatening nut and repeat until nut is crushed and then move on to second nut. Now, if you have a game with alternating activations, um, it can be a situation where the whole game tactically is just a repeat of that process. Mm -hmm. And then if one player has more activations than the other player, you both go through that process until the person who has the more activations gets to play the game and engage with it and do strategically interesting things and achieve objectives and think and 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 enjoy the puzzle and sort of really get into it um and so it can mean that those games end up being about who achieves activation advantage strategically if you once you achieve activation advantage you pretty much win the game because you're then steering the whole game you know outside of the very mechanical process and you're also the only guy who's really having the full fun of the game as you play it um and so a lot of games have gone into trying to remove activation advantage a lot of active uh, alternating activation systems are about fudging that sort of tactical payoff of options not allowing you to pick any old model whenever you activate messing with when you get to activate them or how many times you get to activate them etc etc it's a big problem it's potentially a huge problem for the fun and interest and balance of game and how do you deal with it what you what you do about it how do you engage with it and so in in my mind activation advantage tends to manifest as the interaction between an alternating activation turn structure and the most natural thing in the world, which is models or units are a depleting resource over time. And also add to that, like um, 
the game expects forces to be um of different sizes like it's it's natural to have three big hero dudes versus 12 little scrubby goblins or whatever and so different list size different force sizes and depleting resources um i think naturally leads to this is that right do you, do you agree that this is basically a problem for alternating alternating activation systems and doesn't really occur in what we call i go you go systems I yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, looking other, at... Other than the first turn advantage thing, which we've discussed elsewhere, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I go, you go systems have a first turn, have first turnitis. That's their problem. That's their sort of original sin. They don't, they, they allow for way more sort of strategic thinking mm -hmm. in, in relation to a turn, because I can genuinely plan this unit's position in relation to that unit's position and know that they're go both going to be where I want them to be before I activate them for their shooting. So I can actually plan across my whole force as a single thing and think strategically in position, et cetera, et cetera, in a way that I can't with alternating activation. Um, so I, yeah, I do think that this is not a thing that is such a big problem in relation to I go, you go. And yeah, I've, yeah, I've literally sort of scribbled that down in my notes. And I've literally also scribbled down in my notes that one of the big issues is when you have asymmetrical forces where if the goblins and the knights you know are inherently balanced as forces and there's mm -hmm. loads and loads of goblins and very few knights then you know activation advantage and just the basic use of objectives within your game instantly powers the goblins up a, a couple of notches over the knights because you know, it might take five goblins to take down a knight, but it only takes one goblin to achieve the given objective. Um, and certainly once one goblin is activated and one knight's activated and one goblin and so on and so on down, and then one guy's got 20 more goblins to activate, that's just a massive advantage because you then get to choose where you apply force, where you apply pressure. And if it's a straight up that five goblins can take down one knight, then the goblins will will win because of all those advantages and yeah bouncing out and figuring those out is 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 a big and big and really really tricky deal yeah and i think one of the one of the natural assumptions although games have messed around with this is that each model gets an activation and so the the pool of activations is essentially equivalent to the pool of of models you can mess around with that by saying well maybe we both get five activations and so if i've got three models one of them one or two of them are going to get to rambo around a couple times and if you've got 12 you're going to have to choose where you activate but you've got more choice you've spread out a bunch of options so you've got optionality whereas i've got um like I, i've got uh, guaranteed to to activate everything that i've paid points for mm. um yeah and yeah there are a few like I ge i'm genuinely not sure what a strong fix for this is and i mm. think that one of the big fixes for it arguably is some sort of hybrid system mm -hmm. and we've spoken before about a lot of the pain of i go you go or alternating activation can be sort of solved by an i go you go alternating activation so we we do our movement alternating and then we do all our shooting alternating then we do all our combat activate uh, alternating so it's a sort of hybrid rather than i activate a thing that does all of its stuff and then I activate the next right thing. because because one of one of the key frustrations i think is 
it's it's very much what you were talking about not being able to to organize multiple of your elements to coordinate into a certain plan because um be, because of this effect that you were talking about where if i need my two guys to work together i will move my first guy and he'll get eliminated by something powerful that's a good counter to it and then i get to move up this other one but it's too late and now i have to choose something else so some games provide sort of group activations or pack activations you get that in Malifaux you get that in um in Frostgrave and that allows a little uh you get that in Infinity as well that allows a little cluster of models to act as a combined force I think that's a that's an all right solution um but it certainly means that it certainly doesn't quite get over this problem where it's like well as soon as I make the first of my three moves to construct a strategy you will just go in with the snippers and clip that 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 person's head off yeah absolutely and 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 sort of allowing a model to make a full activation before a, another model does anything does have that sort of alpha alpha strike problem where it's like mm -hmm. okay so you've got your very powerful character with an enormous great big samurai sword and they run up and they just hack the head off of one of my characters before it gets to do anything well maybe your character moves and then my character doesn't just stand there going oh my head's coming off soon maybe my guy can just just walk off maybe we mm. all move and if you've just piled into one person who you horribly outclass they just go i'm leaving i'm obviously mm. leaving mm. i might be running screaming as i leave but i'm definitely leaving and then those two guys over there can come in and replace me and we can have more of a sort of balance yeah and, we, and, and another solution to that um activation problem is is the um the solution that we talked about during some of the hobgoblin design chats where things that are killed are not removed immediately but are removed at the end of the turn um it doesn't fix the sort of ganging up goblins problem um and i think that i think that very asymmetrical forces asks a really big question about is there ever anything better than more activations because more activations in an alternating activation game allows me to move things that don't matter force you to move the things that you have therefore committing your entire force and then i can move the things that are important to me like that's why yeah. that's why lists with summoning or lists with lots of small um creatures can be so powerful because in a goblin army i can move all the pointless goblins that don't matter that all cost four points and then after you've moved everything and i know absolutely everything that you could possibly do in that turn then comes in the goblin you know the, the orc war boss and the and the unit of trolls and you know you mm -hmm. can't say a dang thing about it yeah yeah a activation advantage is the equivalent of card advantage in in tcgs and, and, and mm. things like that where it's like arguably nothing is better than card advantage in, in in a lot of those those games and arguably nothing is better than activation advantage in in sort of certainly so solo minis miniatures games right and, and so and so the natural balancing factor of like well my goblins are rubbish and your like turbo knights are amazing it eliminates the fact that I don't get to make choices with those knights which are in any way sensible because I'm always I'm always lacking information about where the important pressure points on the board are going to be because you have yet to commit your forces and so I think you know maybe there's a maybe there's a maybe there's an element there which is um 
yeah, equivalent to the sort of pilot skill thing. Like maybe the more a unit matters because it's a war boss or a unit of trolls, the more it has to move first in order to like. I mean, it's it's a sort of it's a sort of uh, it's an arbitrary forcing function. I, I I don't like it even as I'm saying it out loud. But like maybe the rubbish units have to move last because you know <laughs> that's just cheating. That seems like a good place to take a quick break. Yeah, I I think there are three fixes um, other than, and I I think a lot of the pain comes off if you do alternate fate, have alternating activation within phases. But I think the three fixes, two of which are very, very quick and one of which is a bit bigger and, and sort of more usual. One of the first ones is allowing a number of passes um, right. to each force super simple you know really easy and what did it you know at the start of the game you count up number of activations each side would have per turn and whoever has the fewest activations has a little stack of pass tokens or pass goes and they can pass and so it basically means that the knights can stand there while the goblins you know run around ineffectually wanging at their armor and poking various objectives and when the goblins have finished mucking about the knights go right now it's one activation each and so you can't just punch the objective five times because i can walk over kick your head off and not be yeah and that and that passes system allows if it's important for me to move fast to capture some objective i can choose to do that and then pass 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 and then come in with my guns or if i want to wait to see where you're at and i can pass it it's a it's a good fix you can see it in ash barker's um gamma wolves uh, he does exactly that solution in there yep it's 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 super quick it's it's very low effort and it it eases off a lot of these problems immediately. Um, the second one I think in, is related to that is, as you're saying, is not have things taken off until the end of the turn because mm-hmm. it cuts out the alpha strike of someone just literally punching someone to death. And the third one, and I think it, it's sort of it's one that requires a bit more design, and it's one that you see defining out the differences between a lot of these sorts of games, and it's engaging in some sort of system that obscures the activation order um amongst your units um, right the 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 dice bag system from the warlord games yeah yeah or uh you know the the the, the card based system for something like uh dracula's america yeah, uh, or drop or drop zone uh, drop fleet commander has yeah and th- yeah and there's lo- loads and loads of the these sorts of games I think, particularly the, the the smaller skirmish games, very often are looking very hard into ways of messing with what units you get to activate, what order you're allowed to activate in them, you know, reducing your control over that or increasing your resource investment into it in order to deal with activation advantage. I think there's um, a, I think there's a fifth one that's used somewhat regularly as well which you see in stuff like song of um blades and what's gonna call it um um and uh, and in um this is not a test as well which is using a uh, an uncertain activation system or a turnover system where yes you might have more goblins but we're both going to have to be testing to see whether our units actually activate and if we fail um then there's a turnover and then it goes to uh, the other person's ability to activate. So it's not. It's not quite an. It's not quite an alternating activation system. It's sort of a a push your luck. Um, let me see if I can get the things that matter to move before 
the the turn flips over and you get a chance to do the same and then it flips back um that i think is that's quite a stylistic choice lots of people like that i happen not to um mm. but i think it's a really it's a it, it's a way of introducing a lot of um uncertainty and unpredictable unpredictability and therefore it, it sort of takes the activation advantage problem and turns it into um a, a it's less boring because it's less predictable you can decide whether it's more fun because it's less predictable but it's certainly less boring yeah i mean and this is one of the things okay and this this is more of an opinion than a fact but i feel like alternating activation and particularly asymmetrical forces alternating activation feels like it's more sort of tactical um than i go you go because it says okay look at the top of the turn you've got to make this really important choice you've got to choose which of all of your models get to go first and then he go and we go back and forth and that's really tactical and really engaging and you've got to figure out what his plans are and and prioritize your plans and that's that's a really tactical choice whereas on your i go you go it's like well you get to activate your whole army so who cares which unit you activate first you, you're going to do all of them increasingly i'm not sure that's actually an interesting and effective tactical choice because it's so important which one you activate first there's a glaring siren usually going off on the tabletop going deal with this deal with this deal with this and so there's no real choice for me it's like i'm obviously going to do that thing first you know a couple of times there's a coin flip but most and, and, of the the, and the other and the other thing is that because the alternating activations creates a very dynamic situation, what you are making a judgment on, even though you're prioritizing your whole turn and figuring out what you're going to do, what the other guy's going to do and so forth, like you're only able to make a judgment partially in that moment based on the board state. And then you make your first activation and then he and then and then he does. And now the board state's different. And now I need to reprioritize everything. And so actually it's very tactical it's very in the moment it's very transitory like the decisions that you're having to make are very urgent and keep slipping away from you and yeah. so potentially that you know the sweep of a of a move all of your forces like there's a there's a there's a more strategic element to that because you can see a strategic sweep you can see all the positions of everything you can make a number of moves towards a strategy executing your tactics this turn and you didn't have to constantly recompute, and I think that's one of the reasons that alternating activation games, when they're played at high levels, can feel so stressful because you have to do a really deep situational analysis every four or five minutes because the situation changed. Yeah, so I yeah, alternating activation is definitely very tactical as opposed to very strategic. I'm increasingly not sure that it's actually Even that act. tactical right yeah because I, 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 because you end up making a quite limited decision where the outcome is somewhat obvious and then you have to make another limited decision where the outcome is equally quite obvious and so actually as it plays out over the turn you made a series of fairly obvious de decisions of well clearly i have to move this thing clearly i have to move this thing clearly i have to move this thing and then i yeah. have to mop up at the end of the turn and it doesn't really matter what order i do those things i knew i was going to do them yeah yeah it's like you know would you rather be hit in the head by a sledgehammer or a banana is a tactical choice it's mm. not a strategic choice but that's not a choice that's not an actual choice i mean i think the 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 the, the other side of it or the the place where it is working or it does work nicely is if there are if there are enough jobs to do and 
um the obvious the obvious looking thing is that like ogre needs to kick king in the head but actually the thing that matters to the victory points is squire needs to knit round and drop a letter in this pile of dog poo like it's it, it there's a sort of like there's a question of like is the player paying attention to this to the actual victory conditions or are they paying attention to their sort of aggressive assessment of the the combat mm. and then when you're thinking about your first turn uh response and somebody swings around and the first thing they do is a sort of um victory point non-aggression thing and you're like oh crumbs i didn't see that i thought you were going to do something else yeah yeah it, it's tricky because if I think it's one of the things where if you if you see through that to the objective to the victory conditions of a given scenario and your and the game's interest is reliant on people not seeing through to that, the people who see through to it it becomes very transparent and very very solvable. Yes, and the people like me who aren't really paying attention to that stuff will just lose. <laughs> Gentle, gentle, gentle viewer slash listener, uh, Mike and myself very, very recently played a game where the only way I would have a perfect victory was if Mike was more interested in smashing something with a hammer than tactically engaging with the game. And so I knew the game was an absolute guaranteed lock for me because... <laughs> From the first reading of the objective. <laughs> there was no, no possibility Mike wasn't going to hit me. <laughs> I liked the hammer. It had a very, it had a very smooth and uh, and pleasant handle to uh, uh, the feeling in my hand. It swung I, nicely. Yeah, and I think it's one of the things is um, what you can. One of the interesting but really hard to design things is 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 building in sort of hidden objectives and hidden aims. Um, so that the random thing this person runs off and does rather than the really obvious important thing is actually way more important than the obviously important thing. And in theory, if people can bluff each other out and go over and do something random that actually is something random and distract you from the important thing, there's a, not, a, a lovely level of engagement there. But it's really hard to actually put that in in a way that players there's no point in me bluffing something if you don't know what I'm bluffing. There's no right. there's no point in me running over there to do something if and it's a bluff if you have the option of just thinking idiot and then going and doing the other thing. Mm -hmm. so, the, so if you're going to do that, you have to sort of build in signs and triggers and reminders to people that that could be a bluff. It could. It's really hard to pull off just feigns, you know, in tabletop games because. You can just consider the other person an idiot and not take the bait and mm -hmm. and so if you're if you want to build in the idea that other things other than the obvious things are important to people who have really engaged with game you've got to build a lot of structures to do that and a lot of ways of of achieving it and giving people help to lay out decoys and, and things of that nature but yeah, you can pull that off yeah, I mean, all, and, and just, just to bring that back, like all of that is in the direction of can you provide three or five equally obvious first moves rather mm. than it just being sledgehammer, where is, where is coconut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how many of the obvious moves can you hide from one player or the mm. other? You know, because again, if, if it's just, if it's five options that are all calcul calculable, then somebody's going to do the calculations and it ceases to actually be tricky there are, if there's numbers 
is attached, I can figure those numbers out. If some of it is legitimately hidden information from me, I don't know which of those three things actually matters to you, but I know that one of those three things matters to you, and I don't know which of your guys moving out are actually going to achieve it or not, then then we've got a party, you know, then we've got something going on. But then you have to sort of carefully lay out the different objectives and then everyone's got to have different sets of hidden objectives and then everybody's got to have enough things to be able to possibly risk wasting somebody in order to bluff achieving the hidden object. And then that's a whole design ball of wax that that is a difficult and surgically precise thing to get right and can fall horribly flat an awful lot of the time. Worth, they probably, they probably do one of those other four things. <laughs> yeah, if you if you can shoot for the moon and get that one right, then you know you you've you know you've got the the world in your hand. If you can't, you know, just let people do passes and move on to something else, and and try and find another bit of your game to make the the, the shiny the shiny dingle. Yeah, and uh, the only other comment is, oh my goodness, summoning options. Those factions that can summon models and therefore increase their activation advantage. Be very careful. Yes, yes. Watch watch out for it. Be aware of this. It is a problem. You know, alternate activation is not a free, sweetie, and not the inevitable crusher of all Igo Yugo systems. Um, and know that if you get this wrong, your game will be very easily and quickly soluble by by certain players and incredibly unfun for certain other players right that was a lovely little chat um thank you very much mike uh and thank you for watching if indeed you are still are and if you are please do like and subscribe um and drop us a comment in the comment sections what's your favorite solution to alternating activations um in asymmetrical systems as a problem um when have you experienced a game that just doesn't bother fixing it for you and had a really unpleasant experience as your little elite force just gets run around by a, a, a swathe of goblins and you can do absolutely nothing about it um how do you like to see these problems solved in games generally um is there a design of your own way this has popped up as a problem and you're struggling to fix it any and all of these things please do drop into the comment section or hit us up directly on social media we're generally about um but for now i think to be thank you and goodbye on this episode of rule of carnage so we'll say thank you and goodbye goodbye thank you bye